Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Well, welcome to podcast two. We have issues. Um, Laurie Dean Wiley, citizen, community leader of Independence, Missouri, and I have with me my new cohort. Dan Hobart, also a citizen, resident, and city council person for Independence. You know, I'm going to dive right in there. So you're a council person for yes. District 4. Yes. So I've often wondered when someone decides to run, works really hard, gets elected, and then what carries them through to their decision making? So kind of, could you explain what your philosophy is in doing the will of the people, listening to your citizens, that kind of thing? Oh, this is, so that's the big question. Like, what's the point? What's the purpose? What's your yeah, what's, idea of it? With you. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I, I ran for a very specific purpose. Two reasons, actually. The one I said publicly was, which is true, Okay. But the public reason I gave, and, and we'll get to the bigger picture here in a second, but the, the public reason I had was that my dad is retired IPD, and they were the retiree's health insurance had been cut from the budget, and it became a thing, and it's been stopped, and they have insurance, and it's all good. That was the, that was the issue that got me going to council meetings and got me interested in it. My own research... Uh, led me to the conclusion that there was a little bit of corruption going on or perhaps a significant amount of corruption going on. And I thought, what am I doing? Uh, I'm single. I got no kids. <laughs> I might as well uh, make this my hobby. And so, uh, and not, people take that the wrong way. It, 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 it's not a secondary thing for me. I spend a significant amount of time on this. But seriously, I mean, what do you do in your free time? You volunteer. Everybody volunteers in this town. Without volunteers, people, I didn't realize, you wouldn't even realize what gets done because of people that are contributing. I'm an Eagle Scout. I believe in community service. I've done some pro bono work always in my career as a lawyer. And so it really became a thing for me that, you know what, it's a great time for me to do this. And so I jumped in and, and knocked out the guy that I didn't, didn't like. I really love that you were honest in that. You know, one of the things that I live with a lot of hope. And so I would love to hear we're starting a new council, new year. Um, what is it that you hope in general terms for the new council sitting on that dais in independence? Okay, easy enough. Literally, uh, we need to do a charter commission. Okay. Our charter is woefully inadequate in a million different ways. We need to make a decision on IPL. Are we going to build stuff? Are we going to uh, buy more contracts? Are we going to fix what we have? Are we going to do nothing? Are we going to look at selling it? it? As far as I'm concerned, literally every business case is on the table. We have to figure out what those exactly look like and what to do. So literally speaking, those are two giant decisions, in my opinion, that have to happen. Charter commission, charter review, and a decision on IPL, whatever that is. Uh, the 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 thirty thousand foot view 
as a as a chairman of the board of independence or not chairman of the board but as a, a sort of a board of directors level person for independence um, I would like to see uh, we have got to come together as a community in some way and uh, address homelessness uh, the folks individually that are homeless the the resulting trash the resulting crime the fear the fear the security people's trust and faith in their neighborhoods and their property values it's a it's such a multifaceted thing so that's a hope for for a thing a more spiritual look a more global yeah. look a more um kindness look is uh, that we can find the things that we all agree on and then do those well, speaking of spiritual, so amen to that one. <laughs> so, um, so we can talk about, um, I think, in general terms, the dais, you called it, hey, we're the board of directors for the city. But yeah. there is a level or a tone that always has to be set by those sitting on the dais. Mm -hmm. And I would say that there's been some less than civil moments. Absolutely. Uh, and so how can you, um, as one of those people, set a tone of civility well be by being civil <laughs> it's pretty, that's a, that's a, you know that's an easy answer be civil uh and i certainly have been a an instigator or a uh a not an a, a not completely civil person on the council now people will say it's because i'm a jerk or uh, i'm careless or thoughtless or i i hate people that's absolutely not the case there's always been a reason for it uh and in my opinion, yes. it was necessary, which is why I did it. Right. Now, that's not ideally how you would operate. Uh, ideally, you would operate in a, a calm and peaceful and, and respectful manner. Um, that's not always possible. Sometimes you have to stand up for things. Sometimes you have to stand up for the process. So that's going to come with disagreements and public things and i don't mind being the bad guy i mean i'm a lawyer like half, half literally to debate. in half of my cases <laughs> i represent the bad guy so yes, you yes. know half the time you're good half the time you're bad it's just what it is and that could not be a bigger segue into what we really want to talk about in uh, most of the time we have today on our podcast and that is the council just approved the North Point Development Eastgate Community. Yeah. So there's been a lot of facts shared. There's been hopes, dreams, but there's also been some fictions. Um, now that it's passed, going back to, we know that there would be some division because there are some people who just quite frankly didn't want it. Maybe it's because they truly didn't want it because of where it is. Maybe they were worried about traffic. Maybe they live in that area. Or maybe going back to the original problem of they just don't trust our local government. So if local government was for it, then they wanted to be against it. So now that it's passed, our goal really in talking about this topic today is let's cut through some of that. And how can we bring more people on board to really believing in the future that you see in that project. So could you just give me a really short description of it? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's asking for a lot. 
Okay, how about this? Uh, what is the skate community? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, I do, I have, I feel genuinely bad. I have real compassion for the folks that, that bought houses out there mm -hmm. and that, that live in an area that was always intended for industrial development. And, and if this genuinely disrupts their life to the extent that they're unhappy, then I, I really do feel bad about that. Um, do I feel responsible for it? No, I don't because when Blue Valley Power Plant went online in 1965 or 66, I mean, look where it is. Mm -hmm. The whole point of this was to build out the valley. I mean, Lake City has been there by that time for decades. And so, yes, the point was to finish building out that valley for industry. It never happened. So somebody that buys a house out there 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, uh, they, they were making a pretty safe bet that nothing was ever going to get developed anyway. That's not going to be the case. Now, I think the good part is uh, th their property values are not going to decline like, they've, like some people fear. I, I believe they'll go up. Uh, the value of that land is going from virtually worthless to hundreds of millions of dollars. So overall, it's going to be a huge, huge impact, uh, positive impact. Overall. So my understanding is light industrial. Um, one of the reasons I was for it was because I saw the affirmation school districts gave to it. And oh, yeah. really that it is good for education because you're going from farmland to yeah. taxable um, opportunities that can drive more revenue into school districts like Fort Osage, I, you know, Independence, and Blue Springs. And then when you started really looking at the way that they spoke with those that had concerns, you looked at their conversations with business owners, um, and it just seemed accommodating is probably the word I would use. They, I feel like they really wanted to come in here and help us better our city. And I believe in having a partner like that where they made changes because of the height of a building. They turned plans so that the view from those houses would be different. They are building um, protected you know, protecting the areas for the wildlife. And right now, if you drive from our old power plant to Lake City, there's not a whole lot on either side of that road. No. So it's bringing industry that is really much needed. Um, and so, but I'm a citizen with one vote. You are a council person who represents a whole district. So can you just briefly tell me you know, you voted for it, oh, yeah. and really what led to that for you? Uh, yeah. It's a once, it is, this is genuinely a once in a, I'd say lifetime, but it's a once in a lifetime of a city opportunity. Did you know the largest single development in Independence? you know what it was before North Point? Take Center a, Point? No, keep going. You won't get it. I won't get it. But keep going. Oh, gosh. Uh, Bass Pro. Nope. I'm trying to think of areas I, Independence Center. In 1941, uh, the U.S. Army built Lake City Ammunition Plant. Okay. For just over $30 million, which in today's dollars is over half a billion. Wow. 
Okay. So we literally just approved, assuming it builds out, the single largest development in the history of our city. This is this is beyond impactful. This this is I mean this is like the Earth getting hit by a an asteroid. That's the effect that this will have on independence. Now, not in the destructive. Way. <laughs> I was just going to say life affirming. In the in the in the in the in the magnitude of the effect. <laughs> yes. Is what it will be. Uh, in the magnitude mm. of effect is what it will be. Um, and there's a there's some collateral benefits too, of course. One of which is that. North Point can now go tell anybody else that wants to build here or anybody, any tenants or anybody that comes along related to their project that we didn't pay any city council members. Yep. We didn't pay anybody. Yep. We paid nobody. We came in here and we worked hard. We did our best for the residents. We did our best for the community. And the council recognized that and voted for the project. Nobody's getting paid. I think that will go a long way in building trust Yeah, for voting for projects. I hope. I hope it really does. And I hope that, you know, we intend to carry that through on any other developments that show up. Well, I don't, I don't want to hear any more rumors about a council person going to a developer in a private meeting and saying, what's in it for me? You know, local government's supposed to serve the people. Is corruptness always been a part of it? Can of course. We, can we be able to have of course. trust in the leadership of those on the dais going forward? I mean, how will it be different? So we want it to be different. We think it'll be different, but how can we make it different? By electing people that don't take money for votes. Thank you, I think that was pretty uh, clear. Now that we have this positive vote, there is a vocal majority, uh, minority that was still not in favor of the project. Sure. So now that it's passed and it is moving forward, what do you think you can do um, from the dais and in conversations to help those minority groups, those groups that just were not for it? really find some of the positives and end up having a belief in the positives that can come from it. And then down the road, they're going to actually feel the positives from it. So it is crucially important that people disagree. This is, this is, this is the foundation upon which our country was built. Civil discourse. It's I think well, something we can do well. Our country was founded on violent discourse, actually. True. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Uh, that as, tends as to be frowned on these uh, days. Yes, yes. Aside from the shooting at people, let's, yeah. let's boil it down. Civil discourse, uh, uh, essentially, yes. But yes. The, it, is, it is so important for there to be opposing viewpoints and so important for everyone to listen. It, 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 it is crucial. Now. Somebody in every deal loses. Somebody loses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, lawyers, lawyers say all the time, uh, you can ask anybody that everybody settles cases now. I mean, that's sort of how law works mostly. Yeah. And any good mediator will tell you the best compromise, the best agreement is one where everybody loses. Nobody gets what they want. You get a little part of it, mm -hmm. and then you don't get a little part of it. 
Now, in a case like North Point, that's not really possible because if what you want is not at all, right? Then, it, I mean, there's no there's no in between ground. Um, discourse is crucial because you have to hear different viewpoints. Uh, you know, and that's part of the thing that's been built into. It's baked into the 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 political, social, cultural uh, weave. Yeah, it's been weaved into our our fabric of who we are. Um, the resistance to change. The uh, everything's just fine the way it is. I mean, Karen DeLucci. Her house is literally those houses in Thomasshaw were built like in the '60s and '70s. I mean, it's exactly like it was when it was built. Yes. It's a, it's a shrine to decades ago. She was perfectly happy with that. Everything worked just fine. Yeah. And you have to respect that. There's a simplicity in that. There's a beauty in that. There's a there's a there's a, a, a gorgeous acceptance of things that work. Uh, to progress, to move forward, to embrace where we're headed on a bigger picture, technology, shipping, um, working from home, you know, our electric cars, electric cars. We had electric cars in the 70s. I remember. I remember driving up and down Nolan Road and there was a little Volkswagen dealer that had these little crazy looking like triangle electric cars. Like, times are changing whether we want them to or not. Absolutely. And so North Point's a very good example. We will either finally uh, agree to that and agree to come along or we won't. And, you know, yes, we need to have people tell us it's too much. But we also need to be bold enough to say it's not enough. So let's talk about some of the specifics of North Point mm -hmm. development and this particular project. And you've already just said it. Yes, it's a lot or it may not be enough. So can we afford it? That's my yeah, first question well, to you. Yeah, we can. And the, the salient part of that is can we afford the maintenance of the infrastructure surrounding it? Um, the answer is hopefully yes. So the um, the tax money that we'll get from that will not be on its own would not it probably would not have been sufficient to make continually maintain the roads upgrade the roads intersections um, the bridge maybe that ends up needing work who knows um, the sewer lines and electric and all that so would we would we have had enough to maintain all that with the income we derive from it? Mm, probably questionable. Um, so what changed it? Well, they they uh, were do they're doing the SID. Right. So the community improvement district is a is a tax a sales tax that they said okay we're going to stick a one percent sales tax on all the goods that are sold in our on our property and it's bigger than that actually but I have not seen the final map. Uh, frankly, the SID can change. Okay. Uh, the city ultimately will be in control of the SID. They put people on a board. The board runs the SID. So ultimately, we can make changes to it if we need to. But uh, the SID, now, that doesn't mean every widget that gets shipped out of there will make the city money. 
if a tenant sells a thing and they they declare that as their point of sale, then we get the tax money on that. And it won't take a lot of, of tenants doing that, companies doing that out of there, that we will have enough money to do roads and all that kind of stuff. Excellent. So the short answer is yes. we can afford it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that not voting for it, not doing it, we couldn't afford that either. We cannot, correct. Um, unless we want to continue. I mean, our general fund budget's in the red in two years. All right, you might say that again. What? Our general <laughs> fund budget is going to be unbalanced in the negative in two years. It's going to be negative in two years. So we've, as a city, the city must find ways to create revenue. Correct. I remember. Or cut more services. Yeah, I remember a state of the city speech that uh, our uh, city manager, Zach Walker, did, where he talked about the tax revenue streams that were coming in prior to some of the technological changes in our world. And I think there are many citizens that maybe have decided for themselves not to have a technological home. Um, sure. They just don't accept some of those things. And yet when you look at just how many people have phones on their walls today, which was a great driver of some revenue, to the small, I, I would probably fathom it'd be an easy count for somebody to say how many people have phones on their walls anymore. So that's lost revenue in one way. We've got to find ways to create new revenue. That's just an easy example that I, I remember very vividly, probably four or five years ago, um, Zach Walker speaking about. And, and while I knew that, just hearing it out loud, of the revenue that need to be replaced. And so ever since then, I'm a big, I, I believe in economic development with all my being, um, but looking at the numbers as a citizen, I was like, we can't afford not to make changes that move us forward. Or we will become a no-growth city with, yeah, a no-growth city that has lovely neighborhoods that can't be developed, can't be beautified, um, and just exist until they don't anymore. Um, I don't think that's a community any of us want to live in, but I think change is scary and hard for majority people. So this vote by the dais, uh, by the city council, but it's, I feel like it's not just a vote on your own. There was, I said on at least four different groups that unanimously voted for this project. Um, I'm just one person. So how many other citizens are involved? We talked a little earlier about the importance of volunteerism, but that people sit on these boards and, and committees, they heard all of the parts, including the cost, including the tax, including the abatements, including this, and they still said unanimously, we think this is good for the future. So looking at some of those facts, um, the. Some of the minority that was against it was something a little more um, heartfelt, and that was concerned about wildlife and animals. What is North Point doing to protect that Blue Trace Park area? Well, so 
first I want to clarify that the trail is owned, owned and maintained by the county. Correct. So it's not, that's not uh, solely within our purview to affect. We can't affect what we build up next to it, though. But North right? Point, I know, has been talking with them about ways to protect that park, correct? Oh, absolutely. Like Jackson County. No, they have. And they've taken several buildings out of their plan, and they moved where some would be. And there's another, is it 60 acres or 80 acres that they set aside for green space? Uh, the Horseshoe Lake is going to be, it's a, a protected area from development. Um, no, it's, its it, in my opinion, it's a, not that I've seen a hundred different drawings. I don't know how many ways you could do what they're doing. Maybe a hundred, maybe yeah. 10 million. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in my opinion, they did a good job of balancing the the citizen concerns with their buildings. Now, here's the deal. Here's the truth about wildlife. If you believe in the freedom of wildlife, then you should not live in a house or a city. Let's be very clear about that. Because wherever you're living, wherever you work, the roads you drive on to go to your office, or your school, or your, your movie theater, or whatever. They're disturbing wildlife. That displaced wildlife. <laughs> yes. That displaced wildlife. The, the deer that you see, you used to see all the time driving from Independence to Blue Springs when there was nothing. Yeah. I mean, we built the road in their house. I-70 was built in their house. The wildlife has been displaced. Uh, if that's really a concern for you, you literally should not live in a, anything. You should not go anywhere near concrete. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, another fact. Is it good for the children? Well, that's an easy one because, yes. So the big deal that I learned since being on council, the big deal for school districts are rooftops. So they get paid out of property taxes. So rooftops are crucial. Okay. What's more important are rooftops with no children living in them because they get money from the property tax without having to support more kids in their schools. So it's almost like a pure profit center for them. Yes. Because it just gets to add to the existing kids in their school. So that's, that's, that, that alone to me was enough to vote for the project. Well, I think the next step that will be great for high schools and related to, is it good for the children, was the phase one building of a workforce training center. 20,000 square feet. They, they uh, I talked to the one of the North Point guys after, um, well, this week after, well, after the vote, but he said that they took uh, the supers and uh, superintendents of the schools and uh, CSL people and, uh, maybe the MCC, and they took them to tour another facility where they'd done a workforce development uh, center. And they're putting them in touch with where they've done these projects in other places so we can design ours in a way that's hopefully even more efficient. This is beautiful, though. I mean, think about it. It's it's literally, uh, it's just like Elon Musk who built a, not that it's that, but it, it, <laughs> the analogy is there. Um, he built... He builds electric cars, but then he decided his factory is also going to build the batteries too. And so it's all in one place, the batteries, the cars, the whole thing. With the Workforce Development Center being fed by uh, any various number of school people, uh, people changing careers, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. literally the companies, the tenants for these businesses out there, they're gonna, they're, their job applicants are right there. 
and they know the quality of training that they've gotten. So the efficiency in that is just going to be fantastic. And you can complain about the jobs aren't good enough all day long, mm -hmm. but by the time it's open and going, even in a year or two, they're going to be $20 jobs plus. That's as good as you can ask for right now from a sort of entry-level-ish job. And that's not to mention the higher-level jobs that will be there, because they will too. Engineers, um, managers, supervisors, uh, even higher-up people, regionals and stuff. So it is going to be a huge, huge, huge... And those people are all going to go to Wendy's or Twin Peaks or you know, for lunch and they're going to, they're going to buy gas at Quick Trip or Costco. They're going to go to Menards and pick up hardware on their way home. Like it's, it's a lot of money for us. Well, I think the ways. next thing would be that it's going to, economic development in this regard is going to usher in a need for safe, affordable, quality housing that maybe doesn't exist everywhere in independence right now. And, nice. and our goal would be we raise kids in the school district, they go to college, they become an engineer, they've gone through workforce training, they decide to stay and work in independence, live in independence, and they are that next generation uh, in our future. And I think that's where I get so excited about economic development because I think that's the generator that makes our future possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the uh, other areas that's kind of been talked about with this project um, was about can we trust North Point itself? So they're a local company, they've done some projects around, and some people said, well, they'll be like other developers, they'll come in and then they'll leave, they won't care, you know. And I just also felt like this group was different. Can you kind of speak to that about the project? You know, I met the, I've met both the owners of the co-founders of North Point. I've met a number of the higher level staff and I've met regular uh, employees out there. My judgment of their character is very high. Uh, I haven't, they have not gone back or changed anything at all what they've said to me. Um, I was surprised what compromises they made on their project. I had no input in that. I didn't uh, take anybody's side in trying to advocate for one thing or another. I sat back and watched, and it was, in my opinion, just my opinion, pretty impressive. Now, but my faith is not in them as people or as people that live down the street or as a local company. Uh, my faith is in capitalism. Okay, great. And... <laughs> I know, I know who their investor is, their primary investor, and this is a very conservative group. And when sophisticated, experienced, conservative investors are willing to put money into a project, that's all the faith I need. Because I trust that a rich person a wealthy organization does not make bad bets. So my faith is not as much in the North Point human beings, although I did I do like them and I trust them as much as I know them. Yeah. 
my faith is in capitalism. People generally, it happens, but it's it's less rare that a billionaire or billionaires or billionaire organizations are gonna take make a risk to make are gonna yeah. make a bad risk. Yeah. So that's all the faith I need. If somebody else is putting up that kind of dough, baby. Bring it on, man. Well, I think there's also, though, the reality of where they have been successful in Riverside and they've been successful in Belton. Um, and that's those are low-cost oh, success lot. stories. But, yes, yes. There, there's hundreds yeah. of projects throughout the country that they've now yeah. worked on. But it does feel kind of good to have a more local company investing in us. It's a feel-good story. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And it's lovely that, you know, one of the things, I don't know if they said this publicly, but it's this is not a top secret thing by any stretch. Uh, they have a facility up by Worlds of Fun, yeah. and a bunch of the people that work there live in Independence. And I don't know when in the process they did this, but they did a, they did a survey and they talked to their folks up there, and a big deal was the reliability and the competence of the workforce. Wow. Independence people show up every day, they do the work, they don't have to cause problems, they're good, good workers, good people. Which doesn't surprise me a bit. No. Because if there's one thing, people in independence are not afraid of hard work. So that was, that was I fully believe, a factor in them really considering and looking at independence because they like the quality of the workforce. Independence that, is good people, man. That makes me really swell up with some pride. They never said that publicly, and maybe they felt it was too you know, sound like too much of a pitch or something, yeah. but I believe it in a heartbeat. I mean, my whole family's like blue collar people. I mean, I, you know, worker people, it's all good. I believe it. Well, um, wrapping up some of the facts, I'd just like to, you started out this way, so I'll, I'll let you have an opportunity. We've spent a lot of money in the past. Yeah. Some of the things have not worked out yeah. or we found out that there was some corruption related to them or the appearance of bad behavior behind them. Yep. Um, how can you best share that you believe this is money well spent? On North Point? Yeah. Well, because we're really not spending that much. Okay. <laughs> so so that's... I think that's one of the facts that maybe is unclear is that the city itself is not spending a ton of money on this. We're gonna spend some millions mm -hmm. from IPL to, I think, build a new substation? Yes, um, probably. That's the major outlay. The rest of it will be road-related uh, and infrastructure-related. Okay. Um, meaning sewers, utility poles, and streets. So, you know, is it real money and do we need to be mindful of it? Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but, y y you know, on the flip side, we've also prepared for that, right? Like we've upped officer pay. We changed Prop P thanks to the citizens. Yes. Good Lord, being so in support of <laughs> the tax change. Um, the fire department's got a bunch of cash from, we'll have a bunch of cash from tax revenue for more people. And we're almost all 99% sure that the results of their uh, strategic study at the fire department, they're doing it right now, 
that's going to say we need a fire department out there, which we have the land right. that was part of the Centerpoint deal. Right. So that's going to have a, a fire station. And we may close others and build, rebuild others sure. and do these things. Uh, so that's, but the, see, that's already in the works. So the city has, has already committed to and has the funds for a chunk of what it's going to be out of pocket for us. So the... I want to hit on the tax abatement because sure. people feel like that's a, uh, or have made the argument that that's a, that's a, we're getting screwed on this thing. Right now, the land is virtually worthless. 3000 bucks a year to Fort Osage schools or whatever Dr. Yeah. Snodgrass said, Yeah. which will go to a million a year. Yes. So 3000 to 1 million, that's a multiplier. So a hundred percent of his money at, at, at a tiny valuation is 3000 a year, but he gets 100% of it right now. Well, 15% of the new value will yes. be a million a year. So 15%, would it be nice to have 100%? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that would be great. But if it was 100%, we wouldn't have it at all. So that's the state of doing business in America today. Well, I'm building a project of this magnitude with the help of tax, with the help of a developer yes. like North Point. Yes. Is the only way. Absolutely. And this moves us into our, our future. And Now, uh, if you want to talk about public money being used for other sort of businesses. Sure. I don't agree. Okay. Uh, Royals and Chiefs. Yes. Love them. Yes. They can go fish if they think our tax dollars should pay for new business buildings for them. That's all I'm saying. All right. Some Topic businesses for are right another there. time. There we go. Right. Um, so kind of wrap this part up is if you were sitting next to a person who was adamantly opposed to the project, now that it's passed, what would you say to them to get them to start thinking of the good of it? That is, is now it is the direction independence is going. So, you know, how how do you turn that frown upside down, you know? Well so to speak. I you know, uh without like mind control. Yes, without any substances <laughs> without, or without magic. Or or magic, yes. Uh you know, I would say and still could say, um, I have compassion for you. If you have fear or uncertainty or doubt, um, no, I don't wish those feelings on people. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say you're an adult and you're responsible for your feelings, so you can change how you feel about it. And I would also say, how can I help you? If there's something I can, this is reality. The reality is now that North Point is happening. Correct. And so what would you like your life to look like from here? If you want to sell your house and move away and you need help finding a good realtor, I would happily help try to point somebody in the right direction. If you feel like the city lied and you wanted to file a lawsuit, I would happily refer you to the top lawyer that I knew in the area. If, if you, um, you know, felt that you wanted to, name a park out there after somebody or uh, you wanted to somehow do some other thing in your neighborhood as a result, I would still try to help you get those things done. Um, it's This is not a, 
we beat you and now you get punished situation. This is, um, we did the best we could for independence, for our kids, for our workforce, to our teens. We did the best we could. And that doesn't stop with North Point. We all still need to do the best we can. We're not all going to win. We're not all going to get the thing. Uh, Lord knows I've had many, many things I wanted that haven't happened. (laughs) That just is what it is. It just is what it is. So we just all have to keep doing the best that we can. That's it. So now that the vote's passed, what's the next step? The next step Mm -hmm. is for North Point to get their butt in gear and follow through on their promises and follow through on their plan. That's the next step. Is there something that needs to come back to the council? No. Well, the CID, uh, they'll form the CID, and I think we have to approve the district, the CID. So it will, they'll they'll run that through, I think, the Economic Development Council Committee, and uh, and I'm... So that'll come back to us, and I would imagine we'll approve it. If there's something terribly wrong with it, I guess we wouldn't. But Okay, so close your eyes for a minute or not. Okay. But five years down the road, this project has started. Mm-hmm. What do you hope to see from it? I would like, here's, you know, very literally. Yeah. Grocery store. Okay. We got to get a grocery store out for there for these folks. They have no good grocery stores out there. Uh, there's plenty in the middle of the town, but there's not a lot on the edges, and that town has a lot of nice properties and and good area and we need to get them a cool grocery store i really want a whole foods but it's pricey and i don't know so then there's trader joe's which i would love but they don't want to come here right uh but there's some other ones maybe we'll get lucky i want to see a grocery store i also would like to see um the rest of the valley start to in five years i'd like there to see more interest uh no matter what it's for. Let's 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 get the rest of our town built out, especially in a spot where there's some momentum. So speaking specifically towards economic development or anything. resident anything. Just just a good positive use of of land and property that we have. So this is kind of more what do, what do you think? So besides a grocery store, what's something we're missing in independence that you'd like to see? Well you know what we really need? We need a bunch of uh, senior housing. Okay. Um, that's affordable. Uh, we are a town full of, um, you know, re- retired retail workers and nurses and uh, school teachers and just a lot of people that did, you know, just good service jobs. And they need somewhere to go. And we need we need more senior housing, okay. uh, affordable senior housing. Because yeah. folks, you can't. Quality. Maybe you're seventy five or eighty years old. It's hard to mow your lawn and pick up all these stinking you know, sticker things in your yard. <laughs> that sounds like personal experience. I've, st- I've stepped on the stickers. <laughs> Everybody in this town has stepped on those st- stickers, whatever they are. Yes. Well, I hope that the information we just discussed really helps anybody listening to just start to open up their mind to having some belief in the direction that our city council is taking our city. But even bigger than that, just have some faith that this is going to be good for the citizens of it independence. Yeah. Um, so, Dan, thanks so much for being candid, for being frank, sometimes funny. Um, mm. You know, I was thinking, what are some of the other issues that we have? So going forward, um, what do you want to talk about next? So we've got budget coming up for the city. 
We've got the special election coming up for the city. Something else on your mind that think, you think for next time would be really important for the citizens to hear a conversation? Oh, uh, you know, I think either one of those actually would be pretty good. They okay. both would because they're, they're very immediate. Like I said, my, my other biggest issues yeah. are, um, oh, council procedures. We're, okay. having, we're having a retreat on May 17th uh, as a council, and we're going to talk about how we sort of operate as a board of directors. Okay. Uh, that's going to be very valuable. But the, the bigger issues facing this city are IPL and um, the charter review. Okay. Those are two massive undertakings that are complex, and uh, we should add those to the list at some point for sure. Okay. Well, listen next time to uh, podcast three of We Have Issues. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley, citizen of the great city of Independence, and you are? Dan Hobart. Signing off. Just a civil elected official, right? <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, trying to do what's best for our city, and I appreciate your time, Dan. That's Thanks true. a lot. Thank you. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. <laughs>